Welcome to the Hidden Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Hargrove. And today I'm joined with a good friend of mine, Abe McIntyre. And Abe is going to be with us today. And he's going to share a little bit about his journey into leadership and a a lot more about um, his story and even his road from being from recovery to leadership and and helping others. And uh, Abe, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Can we go ahead and kind of share a little bit about yourself? I know um, we've been uh, I feel like we've developed a great friendship over the years. Um, I met Abe uh, at a recovery center that I go to on a weekly basis. And uh, that friendship has kind of, uh, well, I guess like at once acquaintances turned into, you know, a mutual friendship. And um, I, I really enjoy talking with Abe. Abe, share a little bit about yourself and your story um, as we get started. Very awesome. Well, thank you for having me, um, Homer. I really do appreciate it. Um, let me see, where do I, where can I begin? Um, well, I am in recovery. Um, I have almost five years clean time and, um, I've, I've been through, you know, we've all been through a lot, but, um, you know, it's typical for people to say I've been through a lot and, um, the things that I have gone through from, um, let me see, abuse mentally, physically, um, and on the mental side, um, being angry, um, misunderstood, um, misjudged, um, and then, and then, but also in the same token, you know, through all of my frustration and anger, resentment, and everything like that, I also have done those similar things. So, um, and in my journey, you know, me being 41 years of age, um, it's taken me over 20 years just to have a solid four years and counting of um, recovery. And so a lot of that for me has um, caused up a lot of emotional insecurities and being, you know, in in a vulnerable state, you know, to overcome those um, has been challenging but more importantly rewarding yeah if i don't know how far you want me to get off into details i'm, I'm very very <laughs> open everything yeah. yeah i'm just being mindful of, of where i am no that's great it, and I, I really appreciate your transparency i i think that it's one of the most valuable qualities in people um is their ability and willingness to be transparent let's kind of um let, let's go into the moment that you decided to help others that are also in recovery? I mean, being four years clean yourself, what was the moment like where you decided that you wanted to start helping others in whatever way, shape or form that looks like? Uh, Cause I feel like for most of us, I'm me being recovery myself. I feel like a majority of time we feel like, man, I'm just barely trying to make it. <laughs> and we, it's hard to sometimes bridge that gap to where, you could even see any potential within yourself to make a difference for someone else. So let's focus on that point for a second. Tell us what that was like for you when you came about making that decision to help others for yourself. Well, in the beginning, I'm not, for real, is it looks totally different from the beginning than what it does right now. In the beginning, um, I wanted to save the world. <laughs> I really wanted to save the world, right? Um, I, I wanted just to go out and and just tell everybody that, hey, if you do it this way or, you know, um, 
just listen to what someone has to tell you. The the advice that I have can save your life. And um and and in the beginning, that's what it was like. Um and um I found out pretty quickly it's not yeah, that's not gonna go fly, you know. Um but um I think it took me maybe I'm gonna say a, a year after of um a good solid um sobriety. Um the passion was still there, right? But the method changed. And um the method, um, it looks it looks different, right? It looked different for me at times. Some days I was just like, you know, I'm not gonna waste my breath talking to individuals. And some days it was, it just clicked, right? Because the passion was still there. Um, um, and thinking about it, I want to say the discipline, the discipline to um, be mindful of um, my fellow people that's trying to get, trying to get something that I have, being mindful that there aren't where I am and the willingness is there, but the, the lack of discipline in those early stages um, makes things challenging for people. So me having the awareness of that, um, it allowed me to be more um, understanding, compassionate mm. to what someone is going through. And um, that's where it kind of catapulted, catapulted from there as far as me um, being patient with someone and then um, everything else is kind of, everything else was just easy after that um, because, you know, 20 years of experiences, you know, um, and, and not going to lie, fun fact, you know, me being in prison, um, being around the minimum of 40 different personas a day, you learn real quick who to stay around, who to stay away from. <laughs> oh, this person's having a, a, a tough time today. You know, stay out of his way. Um, yeah. And then um, I learned, I, I started to, once I got out of, you know, jail and prison and those things and started learning um, cognitive skills and, and traits and diagnosis. And, um, and I'm not really diagnosing people. But to identify, like at that point in my life, to identify, you know, different um, uh, mindsets that people are in, or psychosis, I should say, yeah. it really helped me understand even more to be compassionate with people and, and how to treat them. So you know, that's um, so powerful, Abe, because uh, it makes me think about a, a several things, like how you started off saying you had this passion at the beginning. But in a sense, like no one cared. <laughs> it's like you, you want to share what you know, but no one know, uh, cares to know what you want to share. And it makes me think about like classic saying no one cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. And the way that you're talking about like learning compassion and understanding, I think that that is something that is like key for young leaders to be able to learn and understand because so many people start out like guns blazing like you said ready to change the world 
And it, it almost like to, to be hitting this wall of reality that people do not trust you. <laughs> like people. It'll, drain you. It'll definitely drain you if you allow yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that that simple, like the way that you're describing even just simple engagement with people, I think is universal. And it's not just specific to recovery it's not just specific to like in in prison but these are universal principles with with people and human nature that that are applicable and i think that even just how you're uh describing like what you learn even from social interaction in jail and about how it's helped you in social interaction it's like you you're in this hyper conduit place where you're forced to be around all these other people um, with all kinds of different backgrounds and and learning how to adapt and adjust to them. And the way that you're describing, like being able to, in a sense, like read people's cues, like knowing when they're pissed off or not, or knowing when they're having a good day, a bad day, um, knowing when someone's scared, knowing when someone's uh, uh, overconfident, you know, that those are all these social cues that are now helpful for you in like real life world um, and and like a normal day-to-day stuff and even within your career path and and leadership and i think that uh navigating how to read people in a healthy way that's not like stereotyping of course but like reading cues and and these these uh uh these notions that people give off can be so edifying and helpful um within leadership when people are trying to in a sense like figure those different things out um, I, I think that's great. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Stereotyping. Um, I went through a phase with that as well. Um, you know, and 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 that was awful of me to you know stereotype people. Um, but um, you know, I, I follow I followed the, the the stereotypes through, right? Because and I'm and I mean it with all due respect because the passion was there, right? So I'm thinking I'm, I have a thought that this individual is a certain way. And then when I start to engage with this individual, I find out that, yo, I was wrong. Right. You know, completely wrong. Right. And, um, sometimes still to this day, right. I, you know, I feel like I have to get it out. Right. Oh, I, I, in my mind, I've wronged this person. I need to tell this individual I'm so wrong for stereotype in my mind. Right. And when they go and, and and when I go and and go to them, it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> whatever, man. Like, it's no big deal. And so <laughs> I had to go through that process to understand that, yo, um, stereotyping is not all, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything. And But, you know, I do have to say while I'm on this podcast, um, your podcast is that, um, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, if it wasn't for Him, I would not have the strength and the courage to go out and seek um, other beliefs, to be um, compassionate and talkative to um, other religions as well, because um, His teachings has put me in this place to where um, I don't judge. Um, I, I don't overthink. I don't overreact. Um, I listen. You know, I obey, and um, and I really owe that to, you know, Jesus' teachings. 
Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. And I think too, when you break down, um, like even the idea that other people have different religious faiths, it's like, of course they do. And to, I think that we create such a stigma in our head, um, mainly because of our culture and like history that's like made it really weird. <laughs> like there's a lot of stigma to like historical incidences. But when we break out to like, uh, like when I ask someone about their faith, like many, many, I've, I don't think I've ever offended someone except one time I offended a Jehovah, a Jehovah witness, but they were mainly offended because I asked them why they believe what they believe. And they were really mad that they didn't have an answer for me. Um, but I've, even with that, I wasn't trying to make them mad. It was, you know, I, right. I've gotten better at even just like not letting that happen again and helping people to, in a sense, like realize that themselves rather than it being so blatant. But when at the end of the day, it's like just like with leadership, our faith is simply um, like sharing your life with someone else. And oftentimes I just ask people like, oh, so um, what made you like Muslims, you know, anyone where I've had conversations just saying like, oh, so what made you kind of go down that path? Were you raised that way or is it something you're always used to? And then they share their bit and then they'll ask kind of like naturally ask me about mine or I'll just share like, oh, yeah, for me, I believe in Jesus because of this. And it's like a super simple, non-threatening conversation. And by the end of it, most times they're like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, it's, you know, way, way more organic. And I think it's the way that you're describing, like talking about compassion and understanding and it not being about I'm right, you're wrong. I think it helps people be a lot more open to what you have to say when you go about it conversationally like that. I love how you're sharing that. The compassion, the compassion and, and openness and um, wisdom behind um, Christianity. Um, when, when, when I am that way, right, majority of the time, few times, few incidents, you might not see the Christianity in me, but for majority of the time, you know, I, I heard in the past where people can say, you know, I see the Christian in you, you know, and it mainly comes from the compassion. The compassion, mm -hmm. yeah, is where people, you know, tell me about my um, Christianity faith. They can see it. Yeah, that's great, man. You know, ever since I met you two, you're you're very. Uh, what what I notice is that you're very articulate. And how you talk, and there's, uh, I, I feel like uh, you can just barely tell. I can barely tell when you're about to say something and you hold back, and you're like, and you just say it, like you almost like reorganize and say it like more politely. <laughs> I was just finished, man, because I feel like, um, I feel you know, because I'm very insecure. Like I said, you know, um, um, I, I, I did not complete high school. I had to. I dropped out at an early age and I went and took a test and I passed the test with flying colors, but I was in special ed, man, from, from seventh grade all the way up to 10th grade, I was in special ed. So I've always had these insecure feelings about myself. Um, but now that I'm, you know, clean and sober and, you know, telling, giving myself positive affirmations, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting better. Right. But in right. my mind, I'm I'm still stuck there, you know, and I have to be careful and mindful of that, you know, with the whole general. Yeah. You know, it, it it it's it's unreal, you know, when people tell me how I articulate, but I'm just like, I'm I feel like I'm struggling so hard in my head just to get the words out. Yeah. Wow, that you know that that 
<laughs> I think that says a lot about the public school system, but we I'll digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, I've not once had any um, any notion of uh, like a mental handicap or anything like that with with talking with you. And um, I think that, you know, the way that you're describing like uh, an impression on you from a young age of, you know, uh, extreme, extreme held back, like be, have, even like the thought of having disability and and now as a grown man grown adult dealing with life and through your life experiences now at 41 you're you're striving to make a difference for other people's lives and you're doing it in a way that's articulate you make yourself presentable you know you you are you uh you're using what you've experienced in life and help and using it to whatever effort you can to help others and i guess you know, with that thought, like it, it seems to me like the way that you describe it is like that insecurity. Would you say that that was your greatest obstacle when you when you kind of transition um, from uh, going into sobriety and then uh, positioning yourself as a leader for others? Understanding my insecurities, where they come from, um, what brings what the things that I've um What's the words I'm looking for? The things that I've blocked blocked off in my mind, um, you know, because the brain will, well, for me, my brain would, would anything that's harmful to me, my, you know, I'll shut down and try to mm -hmm. forget. So, um, being mindful of my insecurities was the hardest obstacle, and you know, and it still is because. I'm still changing every day. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Um, you know, I think one of the hardest things I had to realize after um, coming to, you know, no longer participating in drugs and alcohol was um, there's things about myself I just don't understand, like jealousy. Like, mm. I'm a jealous individual and I don't have to be in a relationship with someone to be jealous. And I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm not jealous. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like this doesn't like it. So I'm going through these things and, um, you know, being emotional, um, dealing with death, dealing with um, people being quote unquote, doing things better than me. Um, mm expectations um putting expectations on people when i didn't even realize i put expectations onto someone um it's just a whole bunch of things so like i i did i didn't i'm a human being right i keep telling myself that daily i'm a human being it is okay yeah. that's the feeling this too shall pass hmm. and but 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 with my insecurities the the biggest thing that I had to remember with dealing with my insecurities is not the beginning of the journey or the end is how I handle myself in between those you know mm -hmm. I'm able to joke about I'm able to joke about you know being jealous or you know things like that you know because right now it's like 50 percent of the I make jokes and telling a joke about it is 50 percent of the truth right I'm jealous, ha, 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 ha. But deep down inside, I don't really feel that way. But I'm just projecting out there in the world, right? Because yeah. I don't want to bring someone else down. 
And um, so how I dealt with those things was just to, um, you know, think it over, you know, talk it out with someone that I trust and um, that's going to give me good positive feedback. Um, but yeah, the insecurities is, I don't know if it's ever going to go away, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, I think sure. every single leader deals with insecurities. Um, and those who don't, I think, are way too overconfident. <laughs> like, like they, <laughs> Those are like uh, people that uh, seem kind of crazy. And the way that you're describing to like the, these insecurities that you have, I feel like um, probably every person listening would be able to relate to the their own insecurities that they have and and how it affects their uh, their leadership internally. It, just like how you said, like even um, feeling jealous of someone else's success um, and feeling like insecure when another leader seems to be quote unquote better than you. And it, it messes with you. It messes with your head. And it's crazy how far those insecurities can take your thought process if you let them to the point where so many leaders start thinking in their mind because of their insecurities. Well, they have this person. They don't even need me anymore. I might as well just quit. I might as well just give up. And it's like it, you get to like these crazy conclusions um, when you don't have someone to filter those through. Like you're saying, having like some type of person, whether it's a mentor, accountability partner, or even a friend, like to be able to filter some of these emotions and thoughts, I think is one of the healthiest things that leaders can do because it helps it helps you get it off your chest, but it also helps remind you. It's like having someone else kind of reaffirm you. And when you're saying like, I'm so dumb and ugly. And then the person says, Hey, whoa, brother, you're not dumb and ugly. Like you're like, you're a great person. And it, it, it helps get it off your chest. And it also helps reaffirm the truth, getting out the lie and reaffirming the truth. Um, and I, I love how, uh, how, uh, how you describe that so transparently we all deal with that too. Today's episode is brought to you by Gravetop Designs online store. Visit gravetopdesigns.com forward slash shop to find custom made Christian clothing that's edgy and actually looks good. I crafted all of the designs myself, so I'd love to hear your feedback and tell me what you think. Share your next purchase on Instagram and tag Gravetop Designs for a chance to get 10% off your next order. Shop today, help support this channel. Again, that's Gravetop designs.com forward slash shop now let's let's we talked about the greatest obstacle being within insecurity those internal thoughts what would you say in the and since your path of sobriety and going into um more of a leader's position and helping others what would you say is something that you're most proud of now My experiences, I'm most mm -hmm. proud of that. Um, my experience has took me to some dark places in my life. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to be in those state of minds and um, places. And um, I, I am, and I made it out. You know, I made it out of those um, the way the way I used to think and um, the things that I used to do, yeah. um, and the way I used to express myself. Um, oh, I'm so glad I'm over there. 
Um, but that would have to be the most thing I'm proud of because it is once I came out of that and I, I'm in a place to um, speak my truth, you know, give give my opinion about me, right? No one else, because the journey that I went down, nobody went there with me. It was just me. You know, I did yeah. the time. I've done things to my body that um might catch up with me in about another 10 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, these are my experiences and my, my experiences allows me to speak my truth thoroughly and transparently without any, without any flaws, you know, because yeah. speaking of the things that I've been through and um, we all have been through some things that we can speak on. There's, there's, there's a lot of people that um, um, I know that, you know, because of what I've been through, gave them the courage to open up and talk to their counselors and, and talk to um, spiritual leaders, if you will, about the things that they went through. But, you know, they told me like one-on-one, -on -one, like, bro, if you never would have said anything about that, I would have taken that to my grave. Mm. And so that is the, the most thing that I'm, um, I honor most about, you know, myself you know that my higher power you know well i have to say myself i don't give myself enough credit you know because my higher power never left me right I, I ran away from my higher power which is jesus by the way if, if people are just tuning in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i don't give myself enough credit you know um i don't like using the word proud and and, and that's just for um the things that i've done to myself um but the, the proud is a beautiful word. I think I abuse my privileges with that word. Um, but that's the most thing that I, I find joy, joy in this in is yeah. overcome those battles. Like if you could just see me, sometimes maybe I'm just like, <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, that that makes me um I remember hearing one time uh, somebody say that I uh, something, man, how's it go? They said it's so pretty too. Um, it's something along the lines of that. I would never change the ministry that God has given me, but I would have never chose it either. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like uh, it relates a lot to our experiences and the things that we go through it's like just like you said you wouldn't wish it upon anyone else like those like some of our experiences are so painful and um in a sense like we at the time wish that they never happen but when we make it out through or like survive through it on the other side it makes you who you are all the good bad and the ugly and you would not be the person that you are today without those painful experiences but amongst beautiful ones too but painful moments those struggles and i think that a lot of what we go through prepares us for who we're supposed to minister to now and it's like even for me um like i think i did a lot of terrible things that i'm not proud of but now that i'm able to god has like redeemed even the terrible things i've done 
to be able to minister to people who are going through those things that I once did. And I'm able to minister to them in a way that nobody else can because of the very experiences I'm ashamed of. And for that, I'm proud. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to recognize that redemption power that God is able to do in your life to be able to reach specific people um, that it's almost like God has made this way for you to, in order to use what was bad for good. That, that's beautiful, man. And, and on this, you know, on this note of, of talking about what we're proud of and looking back and recognizing um, growth what kind of what what kind of uh questions do you wish that you would have asked earlier on like say it was it's you just made your decision for sobriety and you're just now starting out this path what's one question that you wish you would have asked earlier now that you're 4 years down the road and when it comes to um the, the kind of like entering into this path of making a difference for others Say that last part one more time. So what's one question that you wish that you would have asked earlier, say like in year one, when you started this path of sobriety and, and uh, walking into making a difference for others, like how you were talking about um, how you tried to you know change the world um, within that first year, what's one question that you wish you would have asked earlier um, from someone else that would have helped you along? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. What is one question I would have asked? Is, um, don't stress over it. You know, um, don't beat myself up. Mm. Um, like, I'm probably, I probably would have looked at myself and just be like, why are you doing this to yourself? Mm. Um, and try my best not to feel sad when I'm telling myself this, right? Because I know and um you know just I, I would really remind myself man just don't beat yourself up over it you know you're a human being like people people make mistakes you know set set better boundaries just don't beat yourself up yeah I mean that's beautiful and I think that what you're describing is what a lot of young leaders experience and feel and oh, yeah. it's like it, the moment that you start trying to take initiative and try to make change um, try to make a difference it's usually when you start making a lot of mistakes and it's almost it's like we know that you're not like no one's perfect but in a sense like we we imagine that to only apply with like making bad mistakes <laughs> but we don't always consider it to be true when you're making good mistakes, when you're trying to do, in a sense, like the right thing, but you're making mistakes that aren't working. And right, absolutely. I think, right. And yeah. like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying y'all to go out and be arrogant, right? I'm not saying this, just don't be arrogant about about um um whenever you make a mistake and if you have to question yourself, right? Was that bad? Ah, oh well, don't worry about it. Just keep going. No, I'm, I mean, like, don't beat yourself, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, process yeah. it. Do I mean, figure some things out. Talk to a couple of people. You know, 
because uh, it's a quote. I, I I just got this from um, uh, Equalizer Four. <laughs> I went theaters. <laughs> was it good? Four. Oh, it's great. It was great. It was really good. And this old old Italian man um, asked um, Denzel Washington. Uh, it was, it's not really a spoiler alert. Don't have to worry about it. Okay, right? I was about to say, like, you need to block <laughs> this out or <laughs> but but the um the Italian man asked him, um, are you a good man? And um Denzel said, I don't know. And then like later on in the movie, later on in the film, um he said uh, Denzel asked him, um, how did you know? if I'm a good man. And I always said, well, why did you do what you did for me? Because he said, good men don't know they're good. Mm. And so, you know, and, and, and that's just kind of sums up, but it helps sum up what I mean by, um, you know, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Uh, but don't be arrogant either. You know, um, it, it's a huge difference. And yeah. um, to be arrogant, I mean, for me, in my opinion, arrogance is, you know, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again and and not really processing what um, is taking place, whether whether if I'm in the right or if I am in the wrong. Um, take, um, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that arrogant people don't really process what just took place. Um, and so, you know, and so, Therefore, when I say, you know, don't beat yourself up about it, you know, process it and, and then, you know, move on from it with wisdom, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely with wisdom. I think I took too much time on that one, my bad. No, no, that was beautiful. It, we have a saying at our church, always do your best and forget the rest. And and I feel like that's like, uh, I, I actually stole that. I, I, anyone that's listening that you've heard, it's been our motto in the church and you've been like you it's like been your so many people are like oh man that's changed my life i gotta be honest with y'all i stole it from from was it tony horton from p90x <laughs> and those those old school videos where he's doing all the workouts and he'd always say like just do your best and forget the rest and i just that just stuck with me i felt like it was the most <laughs> encouraging thing like for a workout yeah but i was like man that's like for life like just do your best and forget the rest and I think in leadership, you got to do that. You just have to have this mindset. Like you're always trying to work on yourself, but if you, if you try to pick yourself apart, you're going to, you're going to like be too brutal to yourself and like, you could be realistic, but also like be a little patient with, give yourself the same kind of grace that you would extend to someone else. And I remember when uh, I, I was, I used to meet with um, early on in my leadership, um, I would meet with, uh, this mentor on like a weekly basis and hit like almost <laughs> there's a time there's like a period where I was already feeling like I was go felt like I was going through something myself but there's this period where for like four weeks in a row every single time I met with him he was telling me something I did wrong and that I needed to do better like it was just and I think that that was his way of like mentoring was like let me just find whatever you're doing wrong and help you get it better and man, I was like, I'm like OCD, right? And I, I'm perfectionist. And I'm when I someone tells me you did this wrong, you need to do it better. I would like overanalyze. I'd be up in my head, and and I'm talking in. about you would go yeah, in. I would, I would be in it, and 
I'm talking about like OCD to the point where there's a period where I would open and close doors four times. Like it was, and so you tell me, oh, this was wrong. You shouldn't have done, why did you do it like that? You need to do it like this. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ruined everyone's life. <laughs> like I, I literally felt like I was ruining people's souls. And the fourth week, I remember it was like the fourth week, he told me something else I did, like this new thing. And I, I, I like felt so angry and sad at the same time. And I, I like, I literally couldn't help myself. And I started crying and he's like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, what's wrong? And I was just, uh, I was like trying so hard not to cry, but it's like, I felt so overly emotional because even though he's just saying like, Hey, this is something you could do better. He did, you know, did it with a sharper tone, but I, it was like eating me up inside. And I took it way more personal than I should have. And I kept like, every time it was like something I could do better, it meant that I was less and less of a leader. And by the, you know, by that point, I was like, then I guess I should just quit ministry. I should just quit leadership because oh, wow. I'm doing everything wrong. It was like, it was getting extreme. And it, it's like, that's how far you can go if you don't give yourself that kind of grace. If, if Like you're saying, if you're just beating yourself up too much, you will disqualify yourself from doing from from doing something significant and great and you just need to sometimes i think we need just need to chill out and remind ourselves like hey i'm like i'm either just getting started or like this is the first time i've ever done done this before and, and i'm trying to learn i'm trying to do it and so that i think that's uh amazing great advice <laughs> to for someone that is in that year one moment themselves that was great abe yeah because that manifestation process right of um once the thought takes place you know that the whole snowball effect once the snowball is is going downhill that's for me that that's my manifestation and the, i don't know what happens um i'm not i'm good but i'm not that good right to understand the whole manifestation part of it but yeah the, the sooner I, I can nip that in the bud the better yeah that's powerful, man. And, and as some of us are more overthinkers than others, but I like how you said it to like in that quote with uh, the equalizer for out now <laughs> that it, like good people don't know that they're good. And I think that's the same with leadership that often like I remember hearing this on a on a podcast by Craig Rochelle. Um, and he was talking about leadership and he would ask his leaders to grade themselves on a scale of one to ten. And often the ones that graded themselves as like a one, two, or three were usually the 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 high performers, like they were the high potential leaders. But the leaders that were scoring themselves seven, eight, nine were the were in his words, like, yeah, they were seven, eight, nine out of a hundred. <laughs> like they were the lowest performing leaders, but they thought so highly of themselves. And yet the greatest, the best performing leaders. That's so low of themselves. And it's so funny how, you know, ironic it is, but it's, I think it's like you're saying is, you know, when it, it just, if you're being critical of yourself, it might be the fact because you're actually, you're the, you're having self-awareness, which is, can be, a, which is a healthy thing when done correctly. Um, it, it, now let's go into, let me ask you one last question. I know that we've been on for a minute now. Let me ask you one, one last question. And that is, what is the greatest change that you've made as a leader? What's the greatest change that you feel like you have made as a leader? 
dramatic pause <laughs> this, yeah this is a big question but i have to really think about it because this is um i've made quite a few changes um i would say the greatest change i have made is um and it's gonna sound corny but i don't really care um the greatest change I've made is responsibilities, hmm. taking taking care of my responsibilities. Um, that is by far the greatest change. And I still got a long way to go. But um, after everything that I just thought about um, as of right now, that's the greatest change I've made is um, responsibilities. Um, yeah, a long time ago, I wouldn't be able to do everything that I'm doing and and because nothing about me was normal back then. So I couldn't do normal, quote unquote, normal things, right? Quote unquote. And um, that is the greatest change about me is that um, I'm able to take care of my responsibilities today. Um, mm. dis the discipline, you know, for all you young folks out there, um, the sooner you discipline yourself, the better. Because um, I can tell you with lived experience, if you do not discipline yourself, somebody will do it for you mm. that's that's real <laughs> you know it, it it i'm reminded of a quote um from a book uh by dr ed cole uh, i think it was a book called maximize manhood and he's he says that maturity is the willingness to accept responsibility and that maximize maturity is a willingness to accept others responsibilities and and it's like uh, your willingness to be responsible for other people as well as beyond yourself. And I think that that's in essence what leadership is, is accepting responsibilities beyond yourself and, and, and going extending yourself into other people's lives and, and positioning yourself to be responsible for things that technically has is nothing to do with you. But you, you position yourself in this role to where you are helping others and and uh it's uh, it's a weight it shows it shows and when people see that they gravitate towards it good and bad by the way but yeah. people do gravitate towards it. yeah it's 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 really interesting how um our human nature works and and it's like this this process to where like for some of us this this aspiration for leadership comes out and for other I, I used to think that everybody had aspirations for leadership and i you know it took me a couple of years to realize like no nah, dog like not everyone wants that and yeah. and when you try to force somebody that doesn't have that into a place of leadership it's not fair to them like it's not something that they necessarily ask for nor have the aspirations to and but when you i think the opposite is true too that when you have that aspiration for leadership and you never tap into it you you look at you're just looking at a very unfulfilled life you're you're gonna constantly feel rather than a burden of responsibility you're gonna feel this burden of of unfulfillment and like risks untaken and i think that when you allow yourself to grow whatever capacity of leadership that's that that is for you in in helping others, making a difference, that 
you begin tapping into this potential inside of yourself to do more than what you thought you were able to do. And not only is it like helpful for others, but I feel like it's so helpful for oneself. Like there's been honest times, honest times. And I, I don't know how this will be perceived by anyone listening, but there's been honest times where I've reflected and thought, I wonder if I would still be like a down home Christian, like I am right now, if I wasn't a minister, (laughs) like, would I, would I have prayed as much? Would I have read scripture as much? Would I have, you know, pressed in spiritually as much if I didn't have the mental connotation that I was preparing myself spiritually for others? You dig what I'm saying? And it's like, absolutely. I, I, I got had I got it was nothing for me to say on that one because I'm living proof, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, go ahead. I, I didn't I didn't press into it, you know, and I know the word. I do. I really do know the word. But if I would have stayed with it, it would have propelled me in that. You know what I mean? Mm. And so for someone to have, you know, that mental. I like to call it jet set, that jet set focus to do something, you know, it's going to take you places you can only imagine that, you know, you can't even imagine where you go, where it's going to, where you, where it's going to take you in life. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I love that. And for, for everyone that's listening apart, um, I'm so grateful for you guys being with us today on this episode. Abe, I really loved our conversation and and what we got to talk about today. If anyone wanted to connect with you online, uh, how could they do that? Could they find you on Facebook, Instagram? Oh, yes. Um, straight, S-T-R, the number eight, E-D-I-T at Instagram. I'm kind of old school, y'all. I, 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 <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. But um, no, just type in Abe McIntyre, man. I'm open. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and that's pretty much it. Um, I don't have that much social media. Um, but yeah, if you got any questions, whatever the case may be, or you just need somebody to you know talk to on on, on any subject, really, don't really matter what the subject is. Um, if you just need somebody to listen to, um, I'm willing. Is that good for me to say on here? I don't know. I'm so green. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. That's I'm good, so man. <laughs> no, no, that was great. I, I think especially, you know, um, whether it's someone to, someone to talk to or especially anyone that wants to um, look more into path of sobriety or leadership, helping others like what we talked about today, be a great person to talk to. And I, I only use Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I don't use Twitter. Someone asked me, how come you're not on Twitter? It says, well, because I'm not a politician and I don't want to just yell about things. <laughs> I don't have anything that I want to argue about, so I'm not on there. Literally, um, what, two years ago. I'm so green, man. <laughs> that's good man well I- i'm so grateful for you being a part of today's episode um yep. to all yep. of you guys uh all of you guys listening i'm so grateful for y'all uh being a part of our podcast today can y'all do me a favor could you leave a rating and review for this podcast it really helped me out and help others be able to see this channel in their feed until next time have a great life